No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and today I'm in here with You're 30 Rock. Here. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Great. You're riding a fucking crazy wave right now. Like, yeah. it's pretty much a dream situation that you're in right now to be yeah. the dude who produced, like, the biggest song in the country, and people are talking about the beat. Yeah. Yeah. People aren't just... I'm just blessed, man. ...talking you know? about the song. They're, like, really talking about how crazy the production is. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to be on some different shit. That's always been me. You know what I'm saying? You've been grinding for a long time, too. A like you... long motherfucking time. <laughs> God damn. I'm here now. <laughs> a lot of people get fucking fed up, like, really early on. But, I mean, yeah. it's it's cool to see the journey of you, like, doing interviews, like, very early on. Like, trying to do whatever you could to, to like, basically explain your situation or whatever. But I feel like for a producer, you're pretty much in the prime position yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, I've been working quite some time. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can't give up. You know what I'm saying? Because... This is how I feed my family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is how I'm able to put my other producers, my other niggas in positions to win, you know, and feed their family. So, you know, just all rides on me. I can't give up. Mm. So you're from the Bronx? Yeah. Uh, up until what age you lived there before you Man, moved to Atlanta? I, I moved there probably like around, I moved to Atlanta probably like around 2011, I'm going to say, right before that. Okay, so 11. what age did you make it to in, yeah. in the Bronx? When I moved to Atlanta, I had to be in the middle school, so I had to be like, what? 11, 12. But do you feel like a New Yorker? Um, nah. Not really. Not really. Not really. 11, 12. That's when you start like going out and yeah. being out there by yourself. So you yeah. didn't really get that, that feeling. I mean, like I've been hustling since then. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Whether that means playing the drums at church every Sunday, you know, to help my mom with $50, you know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may be. Like, that's what I, that's what I did. That was your version of hustling back then? Yeah. I don't know nothing about nothing else. Like, that ain't me. For sure. What were your parents like? And what was the environment in your um, house? Was it a musical environment? Yeah. Um, my mom, well, my family's from Antigua and Barbuda. Mm. So, you know, I got like a Caribbean background. Okay. Um, my dad used to be a DJ. My mom has not one lick of rhythm in her. Um, so, <laughs> me neither, probably. Yeah, she ain't got one <laughs> lick of rhythm in her. But, you know, I definitely got that from my dad's side. Um, and I just took it on and kept going, really. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, music wasn't something I wanted to do, really. So it's just crazy how I fell into this. It wasn't something you wanted to do? No, How'd I you mean, fall into it? I mean, like, I was in a marching band and shit like that, but, like, I didn't think that, like, I thought, like, okay, I was going to be, like, a regular dude, go to, high, uh, go to high school, go to college for playing drums and shit like that and come out of college trying to figure out my life. Uh-huh. And it's so crazy that, like, I actually, like, lost my whole college situation, being able to try out and all that type of shit. And You lost that situation? Yeah, Why? Because my band teacher called me a bitch. Shout out. Nigga. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Uh, Mr. Shepard, though. He He's called still, you a bitch. Yeah, that's still my dog. For what? What would you do? I just had a headache that day, and I just, I mean, you know, I'm just the type of guy, like, if I don't feel like doing something, I don't want to do it. That's the kind of thing that I picture, like, a football coach saying to yeah. a kid, not a band Hey, man, teacher. he definitely went off on my ass. But I told him, you know, hey, fuck this shit. I don't need it. And I walked out, and I just had to find something else to do with my life. So you walked out. You didn't, you didn't yeah, smash he, on He him. kicked me out and everything. I just was like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Like, okay. Okay. And I left, and... Shit, I had to figure something out, and I just started making beats. Had you already, like, do you remember a specific time where you fell in love with rap to the point where you wanted to make beats, or was there any particular production that you heard that made you fascinated by this? Um, shout out to the eardrums, you know, shout out to really? the gang. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what made me, like, really want to start making beats. I mean, I used to listen to music, but, like, nothing really, like, caught my attention like that. Like that first wave of yeah. Mike Will's shit and, like, Ray Schremert and all that, that yeah. was sort of, like... You were you were still pretty young at that yeah, point. Yeah, I was pretty young at that time. Um, like way before Shrimp. Really? You know what I'm saying? Like when when the Future Wave had caught on, you know, to turn on the lights and shit and shit like that. Like that's what made me be like, damn, 
you know, I could do this shit. Right. You know, and I was making beats too at that time, so it was like, you know, just try it. So you just started fucking around making beats. Do you feel like you really gravitated towards it right away? Like you started yeah, to really make dope shit, shit right that away? That shit is like playing a video game all day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing better than that. Like, we dudes, we niggas, you know, we love to play video games all day. <laughs> like, I get paid to play a video game all day. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's still a job. But, but, but the job is like basically creating the best pattern Hell yeah. on the screen which Great. is like to, to a lot of people it's hard to imagine that that eventually is where the mentality leads yeah. you um the mentality of it is like how can i be different mm. every time you make a beat how different can i be without the shit sucking without that shit sucking and without <laughs> and without like being like god damn i ain't got the juice today right you know what i'm saying so yeah that, that's what it is. How did you once you started really making some hot shit? And and did I see something where you said that you didn't you don't ever watch tutorials or you didn't mm -hmm. really, you didn't learn on YouTube or whatever? Mm -hmm. How'd you learn? Just on your own? Um, shout out to my homeboy. You know, he taught me how to make beats. Oh, okay. Um, and really, we just figured it out. Like, I mean, like I seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, that was pride and stuff like that." But it was nothing like that. Like, I nigga, YouTube wasn't even popping like that when I started <laughs> making beats. Right. How could I watch a tutorial? Do you feel like shit is too easy now? It's all laid out for you on YouTube everything, if you want to learn? Yeah, everything is out there. It just makes it more competitive, though, right? Not really. No? Because mm -mm. the goal is to be different. Right. Not to sound like everybody else. But if everybody understands the basics, because oh, the basics yeah. are so yeah. well laid out yeah. on YouTube, then it just really starts to become more of a competition of who is actually really creative and who can do something totally outside the box. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I can see that happening. Um would you be very successful? I don't know. Mm. You know, for me, because it's like, I like to touch different shit. Right. I don't want to learn from YouTube, oh, this is how you cut an 808, and this is how you, maybe sometimes I just want the fucking 808 just to bang. Or maybe I want this melody, be, this melody to have a whole bunch of delays on it and echoes. Like, when I make beats now, nigga, I pull up Echo Boy, and I put that feedback all the way on that motherfucker. Right. Like, I want to sound different. You know what I'm saying? But so, do you ever feel like you make shit that's too outside the box for the artists and that they just want some shit that sounds like some other heart? Like, do you have the problem already where everybody you go to make a beat for, they're like, I want something like the box? Uh-uh. No. No, nah, because everybody come when they, when they expect me, like, when I come in the studio, they know they're never going to get something that sounds the same. Right. Like, if you listen to, like, my whole track record, none of my beats sound the same. Mm. Like, you wouldn't even think I made every single one of those or, like, everything was different. Um... So I try to keep that going, like for me and like the producers and stuff like that, like the whole team, we just try to be different with everything that we're doing. Right. I don't try to ever like be repetitive and have everything sound the same. That's like, I can't do that. Cause then my ears get mm. tired, I get bored, and then I don't want to make beats, and then I take long ass vacations. And, <laughs> yeah. So it's easy for you to get frustrated creatively and then that forces you to just sort of take a step back? I don't ever get uh, easily uh, frustrated with making beats. I just like to let my mind breathe mm. because I don't believe in like beat block and shit like that. Anything could be a beat. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just let my mind just relax. Like nigga, I was sitting there smoking my hookah <laughs> for about three hours. That's what you're on? You're on the hookah? Yeah, I'm on the hookah. I, I smoke weed occasionally. Okay. Um, but I come in the studio from like 12 in the afternoons. Two hours, of, two hours of that, after that, I'm smoking hookah for about two hours, just chilling, talking shit. And then I'm like, okay, cool, let's get some work in. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? And then I just relax. You know what I'm saying? I just, as long as my hookah's lit all day, I could do anything. <laughs> how many hours on, like in your ideal day of working on music, yeah. how many hours are you in the studio? Um, Shit, a and long fucking time. You like being in there with the artists as well, like yeah. when they're cooking up? Yeah, okay. I like I like either or. Because um, we have like cook-up days where it's just like, 
we just in there just cooking. Like we'll come in at like eight o'clock in the in the, at night, mm -hmm. um, and don't leave until eight a.m. Right. And sometimes I don't go to sleep till twelve p.m. Mm. to wake up at what six and do it all over again. Like sometimes I don't even see daylight. Right. This shit's just so crazy. And you're kind of like at the mercy of the artist in a lot of ways as a producer, right? Where you got to fit into whatever the schedule they're trying to do is. You got to be in there. Or have you ever been in a situation that felt like that? Or do you prefer, have you learned what your preference is in terms of your creative process through trying to fit in with other people's creative processes and just not enjoying it? No, I don't fit in. And I, 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 so everybody I work with, I got a relationship with. Mm. So it's not like I'm fitting in or like, hey, bro, come to the studio at 8 o'clock. Like, like everything is scheduled. Like sometimes, like when I'm in Atlanta, it's like Yachty would call me. Mm. Hey, bro, I'm at the studio. Pull up. If you ain't doing shit or if I am doing shit, all right, bro, I'll pull up on you. Like mm. afterwards, it's never like a, uh, hey, bro, well, I got a show here and do this and do this and do this. Nah, I just move with the artist. So if Yachty called me at 8 and the nigga got something to do at 12, 11, he got an appearance or something, I'm there with the nigga or whatever the case may be, and then we go back to the studio or we moving around like that. Mm. Like, that's how, like, all my relationships is. Like, even with Sway and Jimmy and, like, all that shit. Like, yeah. Well, you're in a good position because you're, like, somebody that they could actually hang out with. Yeah. It's, it's got to be weird for, like, when you got a producer who's got fire shit, but yeah. then he's just kind of a weirdo. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> believe in that weirdo shit, man. I don't even like that weird shit, bro. Like, like, like you can't kick it with somebody hell no, no matter weird. what, no matter like, what me, value they're bringing I, to the situation? Real shit is just, for me, it's, like, it's all about vibes. Mm. Like, if your vibe ain't right, bro, I can't fuck with you. I can't work with you. Mm. Um, and like my manager tell you, like before, like he when he's having conversation with other people, artists, um, managers or whatever, he'll tell them like he's very big on vibes. Like, mm. so you might want to tell them like either a they're gonna have to kick it somewhere else first and then go to work or like feel them out at the yeah, Starbucks or something, or something like <laughs> nigga, we had to get some cup of coffee or something, uh, <laughs> or we, you know like we will come in the studio and just talk about music, talk about other shit first and mm. then like catch a vibe. Like I'm just big on vibes. That's how I create. For sure. If the vibe ain't right, like, I'd be in the studio and I'd be like, man, my vibe is off. In the early days, what was your balance or how do you find the balance between actually working on your craft and then promoting your shit? And I was, that's I, a big decision for any producer nah, coming up. You can do it. Yeah. I don't believe in saying, oh, I'm so tired, I can't do this and I can't do that. My nigga, I used to work at an accounting firm. I used to, um, I had, I used to go to work at eight, got off at five. Mm. Left there, drove, drove all the way to Camp Creek from like 7 to like 4 or 5 in the morning. Go home, take a shower to go to work. Lunch break, I'm taking a nap in my car. Mm. I might oversleep. That's how I got fired. I start oversleeping and shit. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> it was worth it. Um, shit, like, and then from there, it's like, it was times where I used to work at this place called Sweet Tomatoes. Um, I had to be at work at 4 in the morning, Ooh. I want to say. And... Think about coming from the club the night before. Like, you just not get home at 3. I only had enough time to take a shower and go to work. So it's like, you got to know how to pack that shit in. If this mm. is what you want to do, if you want to be a boss and you want to be able to wake up every morning and live your schedule, you ain't got a nigga telling you what to do, what right. time to clock in, like, you got to be able to fit it in. How did you first start to get your beats noticed in the first place, though? Because I feel like once you, yeah. once you get on a track with one big artist, that yeah. could be the thing that you need to propel your career, but a lot of people are really stuck on zero. Like, they don't even know how to get to that first point. Um, Atlanta is very mm. uh, small. Everybody knows everybody, so it's kind of like word of mouth. Mm. Um, so, like, I used to, like, be on Twitter every morning, who need beats, who need beats? Hey, this is like, who need beats, who need beats, who need beats, who need beats? That, like, that's, I do that every single day. 
like every single day until somebody replied back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like it was people like Jose Guapo, Michael Montana, um, Casino from Free Bands. Mm. It's like people like that, uh, Scooter. It was like people like that that would like accept the beats and like it just traveled. Everything just traveled. Like I remember when Migos first came out and I'm like, damn, how am I gonna get to these niggas? Right? I was just like hitting niggas up. And they reply back, and the next thing you know, I ended up on um, I ended up on one of the quality control old tapes, like when they first came out, like I was on there. So it's like all about word of mouth and like networking and like being out every night, running into somebody else. Right. Um, yeah, you can't sleep. When when those um, did you see that old Facebook post that went viral of Roddy talking about like you know yeah. y'all don't fuck with my music blah blah yeah. blah like seven years ago. Yeah. That's crazy because that's like. That should just be such a reminder to anybody, like, yeah, maybe motherfuckers don't appreciate your music right now. Maybe you need to work for seven years. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it takes that long. It took me, what, five years to get where I'm at now? Right. Um, five, six years to get where I'm at now. But, you know, for the people that don't believe in your music, I just fuck them. Who cares? <laughs> like, fuck you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a lot of haters in my life. I had people who told me I could never mix a beat a day in my life. I had niggas tell me, like, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, you know, and... Where you at? Right. Because it's all about just that hard work and dedication. Hard work and dedication. Mm. And I block out all negative energy. I don't participate in that shit. If you got any type of negative energy, don't bring that shit around me. I will cuss you the fuck out. <laughs> Straight up. Definitely. Is it... uh? Is it tricky, like, moving between all these sort of big artists that you work with? Like, do you ever been in a situation where, you, like, an artist just wanted to really lock you down and have, like, exclusive access to your production for a period of time? They never went for that? I don't go for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, man. Uh, I just, like I said, I fuck with everybody. So it's like, everybody know how I am. Like, man, I'm just that nigga that, like, I'm just going to move around. I move around. Mm. I just, I move around. I don't like to get too attached. I don't get attached. Um, and if you trying to lock me down, bro, I need some money. Mm. I need that bread. Like, dude, I need some money. My right. ends, my dividends. How comfortable are you financially right now? Oh, I'm blessed. Yeah? Hell yeah. Is that new, or did you feel the same way a year ago? Um, be Before the music, like, I had money. I was cool with my old life. <laughs> I tell them that all the time. Like, I was cool with my old life. Um, when you just had a normal job and shit? When I had a normal job, I was cool with that. Uh -huh. I, but I wanted more. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I take care of my whole family. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I wanted more. So, like, I'm cool now, you know? Like, shit, I got, what, four or five cars, nice house. Um, shit, my mom's taking care of my sister's in school. My mom really don't have to work. She just want to go to work because she be bored in the house. Right. Um, yeah. Like, I'm blessed. Do you feel motivated to get to another level financially? Like, is that still something Hell that's yeah. in your head at all times? Yeah, yeah. I want to be a billionaire. Mm. <laughs> they both just did that to each other. <laughs> I want to be a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my next goal is to be a billionaire. Really? Yeah. That's exciting. Like, I mean, right now, I'm just in, like, I got everything I need, so I really don't spend money on stupid shit. Mm. Um, yeah, that ain't me. How much does it, has it changed? Like, having, having a number one song, how much does that change shit for you? Man, there's a lot of niggas out here trying to be friends. Mm. I don't want no more friends. <laughs> Man, let me tell you about that. My circle is closed. And if you, ain't, if you wasn't on the shit before, you're fucked. I've been telling people, like... Like, this is my circle. Mm. Like, I let niggas in my circle, and if you get to my circle, like, that's cool, because I don't like people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So for you to be in my circle, that's a blessing. 
Well, not you know, I'm not saying that like that, but like for me to fuck with you is like, oh damn, the nigga actually talk because I won't talk to you. Right. And shit, just get crazy when okay. I when I tell a nigga like, hey, bro, you you might want to stick around. Mm. You might want to <laughs> stick around. You know what I'm saying? And you might want to stick around. Hey, man, come on, bro. Like we we trying to be gang. You know what I'm saying? And like you go off and do their own, you know, their own shit and start like. Like, oh, I ain't fucking with this nigga, or this nigga ain't made me enough money and all this shit, and hey. Huh? Oh, yeah, my beats are trash, and I did get that, too. Was somebody told you that? Man, hell yeah. My somebody God. important or somebody random? Um, how do I want to play this? <laughs> Some, somebody important. Somebody that yeah. seems significant enough that you should care. Yeah, you the, know what I'm saying? It's like, and I'm not, I'm the type of nigga, I don't like beef. I don't, I don't be, I don't, I've been fighting all my life, bro. Ask that nigga right there, he'll tell you. Uh-huh. I've been fighting all my motherfucking life. I don't want to fight no more. So it's like, for niggas to be like saying shit like that, I'd be like, okay, I keep it moving. Is it easy for you to walk away from disrespect at this point? You're in a situation where you clearly should just walk away, hey, right? Man, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. I'm rich. I don't care about none of that shit. Right. All that arguing and shit. What are we arguing about? Right. What are we arguing about? That's what I'm thinking when I'm watching Meek and uh, Nikki's husband arguing in that store. Yeah, like, I mean. Like, <laughs> I'm like, y'all have too much money to be yelling yeah, at like, each other I'm, in a store. Like, a nigga, a nigga is like, I'm I'm financially stable as long as my bills is paid. My niggas is straight. The niggas that's working around me are straight. Mm. You know, I'm comfortable with that. Like, bro, I'm not finna argue with you on no Twitter, no Instagram, none of that shit. Don't call my phone. Not with it, bro. How'd you actually make the connection with ear drummers to start moving around with them if that was that was already like kind of your dream Man, situation? How'd you get to my fucking job because of that? Really? Hell yeah. Man, fucking around with Mike ass. Well, really, it was um I was on Twitter. And I seen um, I seen Sway and I'm looking for beats. Mm. I sent the beats over there, and Sway was like, "Yo, bro, you hard. Like, I'm I'm gonna let uh, my manager call you, which is Migo." And I was like, "All right, whatever, nigga. Mm. Whatever." You heard that before? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was just chilling. I got home, turned on the TV. Uh, Migo called me and was like, "Hey, bro, like, I just wanna, you know, I want you, to, I wanna link you with Mike and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "All right, cool, bet, let's do it." So I get a phone call one day. I pull up to the studio. So we pulled up to the studio. Mike was there. He was outside taking pictures like this. He was like, you know, his famous. <laughs> so he was out there doing that. And uh, I just immediately, like, we just immediately, like, started roasting each other. Really? Yeah. That's a good sign. Yeah. We just started roasting each other. Um, I sat in the studio all fucking night with that nigga, like, just all night. And knowing that I had to go to work at 8 in the morning. Were you working or were you just... No, I was working, working. I was still at the accounting firm. But, I mean, like, when you're in there with Mike, were you, oh, like, no, working just, on beats just, or you just no, talking and shit? No, I was just catching shit? a vibe. Right. Like, I was just there. Like, I was just sitting there. He was working on, I think they was working on um, Two Nines Project. Okay. And uh, that's the same night we actually did Two Nine featuring Jimmy. Uh, can't remember the name. But, yeah, so we did that song. And we was just in there all night. And I was like, damn, it's 6 o'clock. I'm cutting close. Like, I got to go home, take a shower, mm. go to work. Man, as soon as I got up, Michael was like, you got some beats you want to play? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, nigga. I pressed play, and that nigga Mike's face was like, like that. And then from there, it was just like, he was like, hey, man, we're going to get everything situated. We're going to get everything right. And yeah. And it's been good ever since. It's been good ever since. Damn, that's dope. Yeah. 
crazy good, shit. Good to hear positive stories about people just kind of yeah. clicking up with the right people and not having to do like the bad deals that don't um, work out. Uh-uh. I, if I got to do all that, then I don't want to make music no more. Right. I just rather go back to my regular life. Right. Yeah. So you've been associated with a shitload of other big people too. Like, how how do you start working with Kendrick after all this? Or like, what was the order of like bigger um, artists that you started working with? So my first hit record was Team Wayne Nasty Freestyle, um, which that came from Bandit Gang's Marco Nasty. I made the original beat, and then T Wayne heard it and did a remix, and then that went up. Um, my next record from there was what Rake It Up. Yeah, it was Rake It Up. Um, me and Mike did that. And then from there, it was King's Dead. Oh, yeah. And then from King's That's Dead. That's a good one. Yeah, me and Mike did that, too. And from there, it was uh, Gucci Flip Flops with Bad Baby. Wow. It was Gucci Flip Flops. Damn, right? you produced that. That's yeah, crazy. Gucci Flip Flops. Um, from there, it was what? Bartier Cardi. Oh, yeah, Bartier Cardi. That was huge. Yeah. Um, that was like Nikki's like or uh, Cardi's like third song or second yeah. so, popping so, yeah, song second, at that point. Yeah, second, it was the second one. Like the second, follow second. up to Bodak Yellow yeah. when people weren't sure if she was really gonna have yeah. a bunch of follow ups. Man, that know? was that was press time right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and Cheese did that. Um, turn around, stargazing. What you said? No, say what you said. Oh yeah, we did Plies Rock. Okay. Um, and then from there it was like stargazing, who what, um, shit. A lot of whole bunch of shit. Uh, 21 Savage. Like, my list just kept going. When you were working on Barty or Cardi, mm-hmm. was there a sense that this was, like, a very important song? That, like, yeah. you, you, it, this was a big deal? I, I mean, we knew it was a big deal. They called me the next day. It was like, hey, bro, we need to file. We need to stand. It was like, this is our second single. Like, we got to put this out ASAP, so we need to get it mixed and stuff like that. So, like, I knew that was, like, urgent. I, I knew it was going to go. How'd you even end up in that situation of producing for it, though? Um, you just made something and submitted it, or...? Mm, can't say. <laughs> what, you got secret industry connections? <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just can't say. Um, but let's just say this: um, we created it together. Oh, Everything okay. was created together. Um, we made the beat. It got created there. You know, put Cardi on it. Everything got put together. You ever do any kind of writing of lyrics or doing flows yeah. or hooks for anybody? Yeah. You do yeah. that stuff too? Yeah, I do everything. Oh, okay. I'm a real musician. Man. Well, so you have your public facing doing production and then you yeah. also have your Back, kind of sneaky yeah. stuff that yeah, you're like, doing on the side. So right. like lately, like, I mean, like lately, um, we've been doing a lot of songwriting and producing and shit like that. Mm. Um, like a lot of background vocals and ideas and shit like that. So we putting it together. Yeah. Do you, um, do you see the appeal of like when you look at somebody like Mike, and that makes you think about like you know a Cal or a Metro Boone. There's a lot of dudes producers who have like really managed to market themselves as yeah. like real stars. Is that something that appeals to you, or are you more comfortable just working on the behind the scenes? I want to be that nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I want to be that nigga. Um, I learned a lot from Mike. You know what I'm saying? So you know it's just a blessing, you know, for him to like support what I'm doing and putting stuff together and and like making this shit happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Do you um? But the, I mean, shit. There's a lot that comes with that too. Oh no, I can handle all that. Man. You can handle it. Ain't no pressure, bro. Like, I'm good, bro. I just meant there's a lot that comes with it in the sense of like, you know, just sort of putting the light constantly on yourself. But you don't seem like the kind of guy either who's gonna be talking all crazy on Instagram to try to get some clout or whatever. And there's a lot of that these days. Man, you ain't even catch me caught up with no bitch on Instagram. You ain't even catch me caught up arguing with no nigga on Instagram. And you ain't gonna catch me clout chasing on Instagram because I don't like people. <laughs> 
I just like I just like to post my nice pictures and y'all like them and we interact on some positive ass shit. Leave me alone with that negative shit. I will cuss you the fuck out. That's simple. That's real. Yeah. I don't want no smoke. Mm. Nah. Just get into it. Just get into it. I just want to make beats, make records, and be straight. Is it hard for you ever to balance the work part and actually enjoying your life? Mm-mm. As a producer, you can easily just spend like you know 14 hours a day just yeah, in a dark no, room. It's, it's never not. I mean, I got a studio in the crib. Um, we travel with a studio. Um, a lot of producers, you know, do that. Some don't. Uh, we travel with a studio. I just live life. You know what I'm saying? Real talk. Like, I balance it out. Right. You know, like I try to make sure at least Sundays is like my, you know, what I'm saying my family days and shit like that. So, yeah. Do you uh, feel like you get less done when you're on the road, though, in terms of your actual musical output? That's what we got. We, wherever we at, we got the speakers. Right now, the speakers are in the, in, in the car. Really? Yeah. We can go make a beat right out there. Man, we can pull it up right, right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever actually watched the show 30 Rock? Mm-mm. No, you never seen it? Man, I actually had the name before 30 Rock. Really? Mm. Where did the name come from? Mm. 30. Okay. So, <laughs> you had the 30? <laughs> so, um, that 30 hangout. It started with uh, we was in a basement. It was two rappers, two producers originally. Okay. Um, we were producing for a group. We just tried to do this like whole, let's run it up type shit. And we were just coming up with names. So they had their names already. The rappers did. Uh-huh. And me and my boy, we ain't had our names at all. So we couldn't think of nothing because I don't like to come up with names. That ain't me. Okay. Um, so I got frustrated. I was upstairs on the phone. That's when FaceTime first started popping. Mm. Crazy. So, Changed yeah. everything. Yeah. So I'm on FaceTime, just minding my business. Uh, he come upstairs and he's like, 30 Rock. And I'm like, okay. Well, who's going to be 30 and who's going to be Rock? And he was like, we could just say we're 30 Rock. And I was like, okay. And I just ran with it. And then eventually, you know, bro stopped doing some work and the name was already getting branded. Artists were starting to rap on the beats and stuff like that. So it was like, I couldn't change my name. So you just kept rolling with it? Yeah, I just kept rolling with it. But a lot of people right now call me 30. Okay. So, yeah. Do people ever hear that and think that you're like a drug addict? Because like perk 30s are kind of a meme right now? Nah. nah <laughs> the crazy thing, I don't even know nothing about them drugs. You don't? Yeah. That's don't, good. Yeah, I, don't, I only smoke hookah. Just hookah. I mean, I do weed occasionally, but I got to smoke weed out here. <laughs> Stay away from the 30s, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this nigga. <laughs> Are bad things. Um, damn, that's crazy. So, uh, like, at this point in your life, oh, oh so I, I got to talk about the box a little bit more. All right. So you, you were in the studio. How much work had you done with Roddy before that particular song? Um, I met Roddy before Roddy was Roddy. Okay. Uh, I met Roddy right before Die Young and all that stuff. I met Roddy when he was trying to find himself. Um, I like he had himself, but like he was trying to find like what lane he was gonna be, how he was gonna like execute it. Um, so the first time I met him, uh, it was just like on some meet and greet type shit. Second time I met him, uh, I walked into the studio, played him a couple beats. We caught a stupid vibe. He was like that same night. He was like, "Hey man, that's crazy because I actually wanted to have you on the album." And I'm like, all right, shit, let's make it happen. Because we had just did a song for a fabulous album called Time. Oh, wow. Featuring Roddy. So um, he was like, damn, bro, you just like an album, like you're an album, a great album producer. And I'm like, oh, shit, all right, well, I appreciate it. So the third time, well, that was the second time, right? So we went back to Atlanta, and uh, Kiefer was like, man, load me up a whole bunch of beats. And I just kept loading him up beats, loading him up beats. And 
we originally, I want to say we originally had two tracks on the album before we even sent over the box and rolled dice oh, okay. to them. So we sent those beats over, and it was like, they just called it. Kifu called it, and he was like, hey, man, we got one. Right. And from there, it's just been history. And the E-Er thing, like, that actually happened in that first session? Like, it, that, that just happened? That's just, it just, that was Roddy being, doing ad-libs. Right. And the good-ass engineer making it sound like it was in the beat. Oh, so it was just started out as a, as a regular old ad-lib, and yeah. then y'all just kind of focused in on yeah, it? Yeah, because I, I, I definitely wouldn't have put that in the beat and sent it to Roddy. Like, imagine that. Like, imagine a loud-ass, ee be weird as fuck, right? In the yeah. middle of the beat, you know what I'm saying? When the beat first come on, and, like, it's just, ee-er, ee-er. Like, I wouldn't put that in the beat. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if it got played for Roddy, Roddy would have been, probably been like, what the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. next beat. So that's why I wouldn't put that in the beat. But I'm glad he did it. Right. Because they synced it to make it sound like everything was put together. But it's crazy now with like TikTok and shit, it feels like a lot of the beats that are become the most viral are the ones that have some really fucking weird, catchy yeah. little aberration in yeah. the beat. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what's popping right now. Um, the simple beats and crazy ass either drum patterns, hard ass melodies. Squeaks. Squeaks. There's a lot of like copycat squeaking going around. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on, man. Niggas been biting for quite some time. Right. Yeah. Do you ever get hurt over there? Like people stealing sauce that you feel like you brought to the table? Nah, niggas can't steal sauce because I'm always ten steps ahead. And mm. not that's not. Okay, let me say this again. This is not to be cocky, because <laughs> y'all niggas be trying to come for a nigga in the comments, man. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, um, I try to just stay ten steps ahead. Like um, like right now, like our production is on some whole different shit. Mm. Like we're always like, okay, we did this. Now what's next? Um, we don't try to just use. The same like 808 drums, the same patterns over and over. Like, you, yes, y'all will hear the reverse 808 again in mm -hmm. a couple more beats, but they're not gonna be in the same place as what the boxes are in, like, meaning the four, the three, or whatever the case may be. Like, they won't be in that same pocket. It's so weird for me as somebody who doesn't like really understand the production side of things yeah. as much, but to just realize that there's like a war of beats go, of drums specifically going yeah. on at all times of like a constant evolution and process in yeah. beats that the average person is kind of blind to but their ear can sense it like yeah. if you hear a tired ass beat from a couple of years ago do you feel that the that the drums are different even yeah. if you don't have the language definitely. such as myself to explain it yeah definitely i mean i got beats right now like i won't play because i'd be like damn those drums are like outdated or mm -hmm. those drums don't sound as good as i know i can make them sound now so it's like yeah, all that shit's like an evolution movie. Mm. Yeah, that's real. Real shit. When you saw Justin Bieber uh, engaging in corrupt practices, trying to tell his fans to do stuff to defeat yeah. Roddy yeah. and you, yeah, how'd that feel? I didn't care. God damn, they walking hard. Yeah, <laughs> we're big out here. foot. We're out here. Two weeks, two weeks, no, three weeks. <laughs> big foot. Big foot. She definitely um, got big feet. For sure. <laughs> um. Nah, real shit. Um, I think you know that just shows you that hip hop has hip hop plays a big part in the culture and mm -hmm. life and music because it took people like Ariana Grande and and Justin to go like, oh, I'm gonna I'm going around to all the WalMarts to go buy all my albums and like, dude, the box did what is it? it double platinum right now. Double platinum right now without no video. Brand new artist. Brand new artist. No video. 
and you got Justin Bieber and yeah. Selena Gomez begging for oh, wait, streams. That was Selena Gomez. I'm sorry, Ariana. Ariana can get it too. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh. She probably told people to stream that bullshit. Oh, I'm Make sorry. a playlist. I'm sorry. Play it on low. No, but I mean that's just shocking. Like this is, this yeah. is kids from like kids who were really were nothing like a year or two ago, and you're dealing with people who've been famous for their yeah. entire lives. Yeah, and it's like you know that shows you that you know. The production is good as hell, and mm. Roddy shit is fire as fuck. Like, we just a fire-ass duo. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Is there a part of you that wants to, like, just work with him super heavily and just hell try yeah. to be a part I mean, of that going forward? Me and Roddy just talked, like, what, two days ago, a day ago, and as soon as he get off tour, like, I'm going to catch him on, like, one of the tour dates, but, like, when he get off tour, like, we locking in. Right. You know what I'm saying? We just going to go crazy. For sure. Yeah. I mean, what what... What what do you what are the main questions that you get from producers? Because I just know that like oh, we, we, we don't interview a ton of producers, and uh -huh. I just know that like they're gonna want certain information from you. And I kind of feel bad because myself as a non-producer, I don't yeah. necessarily know what the information that they really feel like they could get from you is. Like, what's your hunch on that? Um, <laughs> you ready? <laughs> All right. So I tell this in like every interview that I do when they ask me questions like this, uh -huh. I'd be like, mind your motherfucking business. <laughs> Mind your motherfucking business <laughs> and mind your motherfucking business. <laughs> and like, real talk, just create, bro. Make beats that you think is hard. Like, man, don't let no other nigga tell you, oh, this ain't it or that ain't it. Like, man, anything could change the wave. Mm. Um, like, and just network. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta get it, you gotta realize this shit is a job. Like, the reason why I really don't use the studio in my crib like that, because sometimes I feel like I don't go to work. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm being my draws making beats. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't wanna do that. Like, I wanna, I get dressed. I take my ass downtown, this 30-minute drive, and to make it feel like I'm going to work. It like, feels good, honestly. Yeah, I worry about producers or artists who are just in the crib recording all the time. Because yeah, I know for um, me, getting up, getting ready, and going to the office, yeah. I need that process mm -hmm. to work. You know, I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that shit is not the move. So, like, I get up every day. I mind my motherfucking business, and I, I get to work. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I tell everybody that. Mind your motherfucking business. Stay, man. Keep your head low. You know what I'm saying? Don't get caught up in what's going on right now. Make what the fuck you want to make. Mm. Nigga, if your beats got, like, some goddamn pop shit going on, EDM shit going on, and you feel like that's going to work for this hip-hop artist, that one beat might change that hip-hop artist's life. Like, Do you have aspirations to do EDM beats or anything? Or you yeah, feel like I mean, I do everything. Okay. Yeah, I do everything. Um, I, do, I do everything. I do Afro beats. I just did an Afro beat on... Uh, Casanova album. Oh, wow. uh, me and him did a joint album uh, with Tory Lanez. DeVito. I didn't know Casanova had Afrobeat music out there. I want to yeah, hear that. Yeah, we did one with me, him, Tory Lanez, and DeVito. Um, I do, I do it all. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, actually, this is so crazy. I'm actually starting more in the R&B lane now. Like this whole year, like we, I mean, not this whole year, but like this past week, we've been working straight R&B. Yeah. Yeah, and that was with uh, JoJo. Really? So yeah, that was pretty cool. That's where the bags at. Oh, yeah, I'm trying is to it? That. I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely what the bag is at. Definitely a different audience for sure. Definitely a different audience, and mm. definitely they support different sometimes. Mm, they buy shit. They do buy shit. Merch. Women be shopping. Every fucking thing they buy, man. Hey, man. Shorty gonna say, drop this. I'm dropping this album, such and such. Next mm. thing you know, two days later, her ass is gonna be on tour. Like, it works like that. But so you got a girlfriend? Man, I don't talk about my personal. <laughs> hey, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to DM you, are your DMs open? Uh, don't slide in my DMs. Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just act like that function doesn't even exist. <laughs> I mean, I get crazy DMs. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I talk about it. Shit. G- give me a prediction of something that you want to have accomplished within like a year or two so that then it, once you do it, you yeah. can take this clip from this interview and put it on your Instagram and be like, I told y'all. Um, man, I want, uh, I want my label to be one of the best labels out, you know, um, 12 on I, you know what I'm saying? I want, I want every producer on there to be rich. Mm. I want both my artists, all three of my artists to be popping. Um, and yeah, I just, I just want to be a boss. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to be like my boy Hove, you feel me? There it is. Yeah. We're all aspiring to be Hove. Yeah, real shit. I'm shooting for it. Same. No jumper. <laughs> no jumper. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. You got any shout outs, any thanks you want to send? Any any warnings about future content that's on the way? Um <laughs> Nah. We're just gonna Man, come pop your shit, man. Man, come up here and pop your shit, nigga. Uh, ah, he just wanna say one thing. Let him say his one, one thing. thing. Man, pop your shit. All twenty twenty. <laughs> 1209 major application of pressure. That's it. He said it. Yeah, that's my producer. Okay. <laughs> um, that's what's up. Yeah, he helped me produce the box. Um, so, yeah. Oh, okay. And um, last night, uh, Yo Gotti just dropped, and we just did one on there called Battle. But, yeah, man, I just want to be a boss, man. And shout out to every fuck nigga out there that didn't believe in me. I'm here, and I made enough money. I made enough money. <laughs> Burr. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Here, 30 Rock. No, appreciate, appreciate you, man. You, bro. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was an honor. Right. Congratulations on all your success. Dang. 30 Rock, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, no SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. NoJumper.com if you want support. We out.